Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Zaid. I'm so excited. This is our first time meeting, but I we've already chatted it up. I think we had a whole podcast before the podcast. I'm so excited. Um, I am Dietta Jones. Welcome to the Culture Road podcast. And the podcast is about um, what I believe to be kind of the essence um, of all of us, that we are all parts of cultures and that cultures for us personally and organizationally and in our communities and across the world are transforming. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's incredibly fast and very kind of visible and uh, kind of visceral to all of us how that transformation is happening. And so this is a space to talk about some of that, talk about the cultures that we exist in, um, and then also kind of where it is that we want to create a shared path. Where are some of the kind of cultural crossroads or the places where there's distinctiveness that we want to pursue together? So that's a little bit about kind of why we're in this space. And I think the distinctiveness is particularly acute this time because you're coming from a very different space than the space that I live in on a day-to-day basis. You are a creator and you're an entrepreneur. Um, And though I consider myself creative and an entrepreneur, the way that you do it is very different from the way that I do it. So I'm so excited to be in this space with you. Thank you so much for being here. I can't thank you enough, Dieta. Did I pronounce your name right? You did. Okay, okay. I'm just checking. I have a weird first name. And so I'm I'm like really keen to get everybody's name right. Um, But permission to be nervous, right? uh, I'm I'm honored to be here, right? I'm, I'm excited to talk about the things that... Um, you mentioned uh, a lot of the things are, like you said, like not from the same world. And so it's going to be super refreshing for me to talk about it. And I'm excited to dig in. So I'm ready. Okay. So Zaid Portillo, tell us. So uh, we're going to talk about your career. We're going to talk about all the cool things that you are working on right now and that you've created. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about kind of who you are and how you came to be who you are. Tell us a little bit about Zaid Portillo. I hate questions like this, but I've um, learned to sum it up uh, in a bit of, I think a lot of what I'm doing today has a lot to do with a bit of luck and a lot of preparation. So I nail it down to luck and preparation. Mm -hmm. And um, that has brought me places that I could have never imagined. And somehow, you know, I would say a bit of intuition too, because somehow I I had to know that I needed to be prepared to do something like this. And um, I'm the kind of person that did not know what I was useful for and what these random things I was good at, um, how they all tied together. And what, you know, it didn't make sense until time started to change and, you know, things started to change. And I started realizing that, you know, being creative, understanding technology, you know, um, caring about, you know, people and things like that. Those things kind of put you in a unique place to um, affect a different kind of change. And like, you know, we have all these tools now that can help you bring these ideas out of your head. And I always had these, 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 these you know, ideas from music to art to design to software and to, I don't know, you name it. And so that's why it was always really hard to place even myself. And so it's like, it's uh, luck and preparation started it off. And then, you know, r- meeting really amazing people to, you know, really pull certain things out of you and also put you um, and show you something that you don't know about yourself. And I think that I, I think is another just like, 
it's it's one of those hidden things that you don't really um, you're not really aware of. But I I couldn't be who I who I am uh, today and who I want to be tomorrow without for the people that I've that I've met and um, told me that I could. I love it. It sounds it sounds so interesting when you talk about it. It makes me wonder like at what point in your life did you realize that you are a creative person and and the other the question that I have to ask along with that is was that nurtured because a lot of times we label creative especially now now it's cool but at some point it was like mm, that's not very employable right mm. and so at what point in that life did, in, in your life did you recognize yourself as being a creative person and to what extent was that nurtured early in your life it's kind of it's kind of uh crazy but when i was a kid i didn't know it at the time but i was a part of this um this this creative problem solving competition organization called odyssey of the mind mm -hmm. and it was like this program that was like you know an add-on it was like a, it was almost like an after school thing but it's like you know this creative problem solving competition it's worldwide people participate and you know would do this solve these problems some of them are spontaneous some of them are short form long form and it's this big competition and my older brother was a part of it my mom was a judge in it once before and like you know the whole so it just it just became a thing that we did and this is like maybe second grade third grade and um my team and i we went all the way to worlds with this one year and you know we finished like 19th out of like 50 teams but it's all like on a world stage it goes like state and so like looking back at it i realized that okay you know what Creative problem solving was actually, I was I was fortunate enough to be a part of that experience. Like my, a lot of my, like it was only like 17, seven kids from a school would be able to participate. Oh. And that kind of set me off into this, like, I had to, it had to kind of nurture it early. And mm -hmm. so um, it was something that, that was, that I would, I, I was put in um, and got familiar with early. Um so I would say I did have to nurture it, but then it's still, like you mentioned, like, you know, okay, well, how do you make it employable, right? Like, it's not, I don't know, when I was a kid, it was it was still like, you know, what are you going to, you know, I gave my guidance counselors hell. <laughs> you were like, I don't fit into any of those boxes. <laughs> Yo, listen, and you know, and it was, then I had to be like, you know, am I like being pretentious? Like, should I, do I think I can be everything? Like, is that what my problem is? And I don't know, it, it, it was really, it was really, really weird, but um Back to your to your. To I your love point. this though. I, I, I can't help. I, I love it though. Like I, I want to fit into. I want to be everything because I feel the same way mm -hmm. my whole life. Yeah, I've I always bet. been like I don't like these boxes. Like none of those really apply to me. And, yep. and for you to be like having the same experience is fantastic. Listen, I now realize that it's we're not alone. Like there's so many people who feel like that, and I feel like that for like kids coming up because I, I remember when I was in college, I interned with this group called Creators Camp and their mm -hmm. whole mission, it was really a volunteer thing, but um, their whole mission was, you know, the kids of today are not, are, are, are going to be in jobs that um, don't exist yet. Yeah. So how do you prepare them for yeah, it? Yeah. You know, and like it was, it was focused at um, getting kids, you know, hands on into what's actually changing and, you know, outside of it's extracurricular and, it, and it's all inspired by this idea that, you know, there's something else that we need to help complete our puzzle. And yep. I think a big part of it has to be nurtured, but you also have to look from it externally. And so I think just a big part of that is is part of the reason why I am the way I am today. It's like, I, I, I don't think the answer is on the table. I think it's, where's the hidden menu? There's something else that somebody's not showing you that you may not know about is even possible. And because uh, I've been a benefactor of that stuff. If I didn't know about Odyssey of the Mind or if I didn't know about 
rap music, you know what I mean, from my older brother or whatever it is. There's so many things that like people add into your life and you might not even know what's going on. And, and, and uh, so, I don't know, being in the mix and like being, you know, touching a lot of things, I think helped. Yeah, yeah. The I likeliness that you might come out, you know, with stuff on your hands. I love it. It's like it's like curiosity and having kind of a like a dexterity towards life. Like I'm not I'm not programmed where I have to be an engineer, or I have to be a doctor, or I have to be a basketball player. Like I I am interested and curious and 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 exploratory, yeah. and all of those things are um, important at the time that you're doing it, not necessarily because of an end goal in mind. Like the, the, the experience of its in and of itself is important, mm -hmm. let alone trying to achieve something long term. And then it ends up opening doors yeah. and creating this really cool tapestry. Yeah, I love it. It's so interesting. And now, now you have your hands in a bunch of really cool things. You're doing. Um, artist games. I'm just learning about that. Like I literally artist right this games. moment I'm learning about artist games. I'm learning about Timbo Island. I'm yeah, learning yeah, yeah, Idol. Yeah, I'm Idol. learning about um, Timbo Land. It, yeah. oh, Timbo oh Land. I don't even know about that one. Tell yeah, me. Listen. Tell me about some of the cool stuff. So we talked about. about artist games a little bit beforehand, but you know, I have the, no the, idea what this is. The concept the of an artist game is it's really a concept we use to for to, to describe what it is we're we're developing and kind of the intersection that we see between you know, ways to engage online between your favorite um, artist or, you know, personality and, um, and you know, the ways that did, um, tech can make that a different relationship. And so the idea really came around, uh, you know, seeing somebody like a Timbaland um, go on a screen every day and come up with some show or some concept or some game that he would play with his audience and is thinking of ways to, you know what, this game, this is a game. I mean, a lot of the things that we would do um, would be like, you know, reacting to people's music, finding their music and, you know, um, spotlighting them and doing all these things. And so uh, the idea of an artist game really came around just trying to make that fun and using tech to, to not make it just a, you know, a FaceTime call. It's There's ways to, you know, have fun uh, around it. I, I don't know if I spoke directly to okay, it. Okay. So let's say, let's say if I am my 15 year old son, yeah, 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 the yeah. way that I would experience this yeah. is that I am like sitting in my dark room <laughs> playing a game and I actually am interacting with characters. Not exactly. No, 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 no. I think that's a little bit advanced. I think it's a lot simpler. Like for example, um, you know, we have this, we have this show on YouTube, Twitch and Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, we had 5 million viewers between 2021 22. And it was a music show where we would just go and find people's music and uh, react okay. to it. We took that show one night. I handed Tim an Xbox controller. And um, I had made this game where he had to drive around this island uh, in Timboland. And he would have to find people's music. And when he finds it, he would drive through it. It would play the song. And if he liked the song, he would save it and fireworks would shoot out of the car. And if Love he didn't like it, it, it would shoot it out of the car and it would be exploded and you can nuke the car and the chat could engage night mode and all these things. And it's all happening in real time. And so the idea of an artist game is just finding a way to, you know, I, uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, if you have, I grew up playing games like SimCity. And yeah. so, you know, seeing somebody like a Timbaland and seeing where technology is today, you can make a Tim City. You yeah. can make, you know, uh, you know, and that's where the idea for Timbaland comes out. And so it's saying, you know, uh, it's it's a different way of interacting with somebody like a, a Timbaland. And it's, it's born out of, you know, 
just the, the growing trend towards richer engagement, yeah, right? Yeah. Like we can listen to music and listen, watch podcasts all day, but socializing, creating, playing that extra layer, um, you know, it, it, it drives engagement, it, it increases, you know, retention and it, and it helps people like a Timbaland, you know, uh, gather an audience and, inter- and engage with an audience one-to-one in a different way. And so, you know, well, it also sounds it like it may help with the like democratization of creativity as well. Mm-hmm. Like now, creatives are creating music that they know might be uh, featured mm-hmm. in one of these, and so it helps them. Even if Spotlight. Tim is not in love with it, you know, or it doesn't choose it, you know, to pursue, other people could potentially. So, do so that. let's talk about that. I mean, we had an example. It was very public. Um, it was on the videos on YouTube. We had a musician uh, upload a song through this. Uh, virtual music studio we had. It was part of the show. It was another game world where if you, uh, we had music producers come in virtually uh, every week and hook, cook up music with Tim and cook up music uh-huh. with each other. And um, they some of the music that got cooked up in this virtual music studio, one day we're, all, we're getting ready for the next show and Busta Rhymes calls Tim and is like, yo, <laughs> yo, take that off the market, son. That's off the market. I need that record. I need it right now. And it actually, I think I can't, I, when's this going to come out? I can't say when it's going to come out, but I heard it's coming. I don't know when this podcast is up with, but that'd be, <laughs> I heard is is a part of a project. And that came from the show. And there's more situations where you never know who's watching. So, uh-huh. yeah, it would absolutely be a place to spotlight people. J. Cole's Amari was found directly on that same from in that and in, 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 on the show. And so people would absolutely be spotlighted. But back to your question about you said you have a 15 year old. How yep. would they be able to play? The, the amazing thing right now is like if you go on TikTok and you be a part of uh, one of our newest engagement opportunities, right? These like game, you know, things, themes, uh, Timbo Idol. Yeah. Um, right now, the concept is, you know, gifting. You can gift somebody a rose, right? Um, we can do it where when you gift a rose or let's say you gift a tomato, um, we can have it custom uh, where tomatoes get thrown all across the screen, our own custom game animations. And so it's super simple. Like on TikTok, the gaming, you know, Tim City, Timbaland, like all these like, you know, uh, Timbalisms. um, (laughs) These these things uh, have fun ways of being able to show up on on screen. And so like, you know, a live show where somebody is, where Timbaland is reacting to someone's talent or skill can result in roses being thrown on the screen or tomatoes being thrown on the screen. And, you know, giving the chat the ability to react in that way or be a part of the show in that way is a simple way of gamifying it. And it's taking that and saying, okay, well, what do this, that's a very custom thing that didn't exist on TikTok, but we brought a Timbaland to TikTok and brought and made Timbo Idol and made, and, 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 and are saying, Hey, this is a new way to engage with a Timbaland. And, you know, the big picture with it, is, um, you know, in the entertainment industry, artists have always monetized their IP, their brand through engagement opportunities. It's always been come to my, buy my album, come to my um, concert, um, you know, uh, buy my merch, um, you know, engage with me in this physical way. And now today we have digital ways of doing the exact same thing. And so it's really coloring in, well, how does that look? What are different ways of, you know, and and designing for it? And so it's designing ways to say, well, here's how you can digitally show up um, and interact with your favorite artists like a Timbaland. You can be a part of this talent show or this music discovery element or this, you know, music competitive element or this music collaborative element that's all supported by some sort of 
game. We love playing games. I love it. Okay, so I have a million uh, questions, but please, one of them is my monologue. You got to cut so, me off. No, I love it. But one of them, <laughs> one of them is like so. Timbaland, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I'm assuming that we're similar generationally speaking. And he started off his career doing something very differently, like doing what he does very differently. And so now he's had to really transition into a very different way of um, being in relationship with, you know, his audiences, right? How did, how, what are some of the ways in which that happened? Like, of course, as artists, as creators, you're constantly kind of paying attention to, I think creative people are really good at it. But a lot of the people who, you know, I interact with are people who are in, institutions, they're in organizations, they have these systems and structures that say this is how you do X or Y, but are also really needing to continue to be relevant, really needing to continue to have voice in different spaces, needing to figure out how do we engage differently. What are some of the lessons about how it is that you helped Timbaland in this case through that transition in a way that could be relevant to even other people? Some of the lessons, I would say, you know, well, it's the lessons really come from the observations. The observations are, you know, Timbaland came around in a time, you know, I hate to call it legacy because like, you know, he's a legend, but it's a legacy like media environment where, you know, you have, rec- you know, it was very, it was a very, um, you, you made it through a very small window yeah, and the yeah. people who were put in that window got a lot of visibility and today you can't, it's just not, it's just not the same. So there's that observation and, you know, really Tim, me and Tim's relationship really, um, uh, truly began around pandemic, right? So you had that idea, that concept intensified. Like now nobody can, like your visibility was severely limited. You yeah. had to be visible digitally during pandemic times because nobody was going outside. And yeah. that's when he called me. He's like, hey, you know about Twitch? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we should, you know, go streaming and da da We're not going back outside. And yeah. so it, it, it was, and then even for him, he's like, okay, well, with in that reality, he's like, well, look, I have to, um, I think Skynet's calling me. Sorry, Nelnet. That is. Um, um, we're not going back outside. We're not going back outside, and uh, and so he was. Uh, he a lot of these ideas really came about um, trying to express himself in a new way. Yeah, he was like, "Look, we have all this technology. We have these cameras." He was not comfortable with being on a camera. He was comfortable being on a stage. He's comfortable yeah. being in front of people. Surprisingly, he's comfortable. He's more comfortable with just even on microphone versus camera and microphone. Like because yeah. of radio, he comes from that world. And so he w- he had a lot to kind of adapt to. And so I think that was sort of me seeing, okay, this is how people show up digitally and him knowing this is how I, you know, uh, this is what this is how you run a show and this is how you you know move an audience and move people taking those two things and putting it together i think um you know was born out of the lesson that you have to a- adapt and grow yeah yeah I, I, and also like stretch like yeah. to have somebody who has been incredibly successful mm-hmm. like you said a legend um, have to say, okay, there's yet something else in front of me that I have to learn. And maybe even something that I'm not comfortable at, or I haven't yet been proficient, haven't developed proficiency around that I have to learn. I mean, it's an important lesson for everybody, regardless mm-hmm. of how successful we've been in the past, the world around us keeps changing. There are things that are unprecedented, like COVID, mm-hmm. that are forcing even legends to totally reimagine how they show up in a space and mm-hmm. stay kind of engaged with the people who have been like their primary 
um, their primary audience for all these years. It's a really important lesson, especially for people who are like a legacy generation yeah, <laughs> trying and, to figure out how we push And we're still it. in the middle of it because yeah. like a big part of the, 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 the modern day push is like, okay, a Timbaland can show up on these platforms, but like Tim these platforms own the audience like yeah right yeah, so yeah, then yeah. there's that uh, uh, then there's that argument well like well how do i own my audience again tim used to you know tim was came from that world where he you know that relationship that he had with an audience was you know they bought his right music and consumed his stuff and now you know they get them by way of another place and that by way of that's where all the, the the murkiness is, and so now it's about being inventive about well, how do we bring people back to right. your stage and like your your thing, and that's where you know the ideas of you know how do you engage with a Timbaland? You know, we have to be on the verge of making like a, a Tim talk, right? Like a TikTok for Timbaland because it's like you you have you have your own audience. These people grew up on you, and right. like they want to see you. And um, they want to engage with you and, and still in a new way. And there's new people that are lo- knowing you and, 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 you know, there's new ways that you can show up. And, um, you know, what does that look like? And how do people, you know, how does it sustain itself and, and, and so on? Um, so interesting. It's, it sounds, I, it's interesting. The other thing I was asking you before the show is all this creative energy takes it takes a lot of energy. And you were mentioning how sometimes you just kind of go into a rabbit hole mm. and you're just in there. And I was expressing like, wow, I'm kind of jealous. I would love to just spend, you know, uninterrupted X number of time, you know, mm. days or hours or, you know, weeks, just deep in a hole, like exploring something. Um, and it's really important that you also know what's happening in the world so that you can pay attention to those changes. How do you as a creative person, manage the balance of being able to like have that creative energy and that space where you just like wall yourself off and go deep as opposed to kind of navigating and staying current on like what's happening in the world. And the reason I'm asking that is because just over the weekend, we had another mass shooting and there's so much toxicity that continues to be, you know, part of our day-to-day reality. And so I'm imagining there might sometimes be a pull with trying to like the intake of just the ugliness that can exist in the world and the need to also be kind of connected. How do you manage your own energy and how do you create that space for yourself to maintain your creative energy? Uh, my grandfather had a quote he would say to me, he was like, you know, uh, when something's on the news, uh, by definition, it's unlikely. That's why it's news. And it's it's one of those calming like mantras I try to remember, like, hey, this is unlikely. That's why it's news. It's happening because it's only news because it's unlikely, quote unquote. Right. And so it's one of those things I try to remind myself of, like, OK, you still got to live your life. You can't live a certain way in response to something else. Like, you know, you can have things respond to you in, so, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But then it also honestly, I, I have to say I, I'm. I have like, I can detach really terribly. Like I can just, I don't know, Thanos snap it. Like, hey, okay, that's not happening right now. <laughs> um, and just like, you know, zone out because I just think it's required. Like, I don't think you have a choice. Like if you have to sit around and think about it, like you're yeah. lucky because you're still breathing, you know, like you yeah. just kind of got to, I don't know. I don't think there's a choice in it um, because like it just, it just, it just is what it is. Um, but there's, you know, there's uh movies and great shows on TikTok um, <laughs> where you can spotlight your music and get your talent out, right? And focus on that. Because... Right, right. So it's like, it's literally like, I just have to like cut off some of that and just go deep into the spaces where I want to create 
and and be in that space. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's almost a survival mechanism, yep. right? It's like it has to. But the creative space, when you when you get into a studio space or whatever, just all of a sudden you just click on and you just in a whole different energy space. Yeah, it's like I think urgency kind of sparks it starts it. It's like, okay, you know, there's you know, if I, if I don't, that fear, you know, there's so many things. I don't know. It's like a, if I don't do the, you know, the fear that if I don't, or the, even the sense of duty kind of keeps mm -hmm. me on the ball, like a feeling like, okay, it, you know, somebody else would kill to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like you get to do this and like, you know, doing it for others and all those things, I think can, are, are, are coping mechanisms in a way and having faith. I got to say that. Yeah. I feel like a big part of people, a lot of people don't really have faith and faith used to come from a certain place, like a religious place. And a lot of people, you know, have, are finding or maybe haven't encountered what faith looks like. But I feel like faith is a big missing thing right now because like, you know, I can't tell you what to have faith in externally, but I can say that, you know, a lot of things are like rain clouds and it's like, you hold on to that umbrella or are you just going to complain about it? Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like I got to You got to just realize that the sun comes out again. I love it. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm going to shift gears hard. Please come on. Okay. Artificial intelligence. Let's go. Please tell me what's going on. I know that All you right. are deep in AI. I also know that I'm constantly getting stories like this about mm -hmm. even people who invented AI are like, mm, we're going down a, a bad path. Watch out. I know we talked about like young people who have been pursuing degrees for multiple years, get to the end of their degree with this much debt. And then all of a sudden, the thing that they want to pursue is no longer even really a job because AI can do it, maybe. Tell me about AI. Like, what is it? Where is it going? How is it impacting us in the business world? I think if you know what good output looks like, AI is for you. I think if you know what um, how to how to ask a question, or if you can just think of uh, different ways of even seeing it in movies. Like, I mean, I feel like a lot of movies kind of set the the, the 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 pretext for what's happening today. But I think if you're a creative person and you know what good output looks like, I think AI will help you get it. And I don't think there's anything to fear about it if you know what good output looks like. If you're a person though that loves the process. And loves the you know the, the, the to to pull out the fountain pen and dip it in ink <laughs> and you know lick the paper and get your scrolls out and sit down and do all that process stuff. You're gonna hate AI because it is it is here to eat your process up alive. Mm. And so that is I think the two sided coin with it. It's like look if you know how to get the output out, you're good. But what about people like so? I have so many questions, but what about people who, what are the creative people's role in the output? Just to be able to identify what the output is and to continue to tweak the AI algorithm to make well, sure that the output is the right It should be quality. applied, right? And there's a, there, I think there's going to be different categories where, you know, there's a category, a big category of art that is just about expression. And so it's like, you know, I think AI art is going to be a different category of expression and expression is still going to exist, right? You can express, like we saw that banana, you know, duct yeah. tape to the wall two art bottles ago. And that's just about expression, right? Right, And how you perceive it is the art. That's the, whatever that is, that relationship between you and that, that's the art experience. And that is always going to stay. So I just think it's going to, I think the way we express ourselves is going to change. And like you're starting to see different 
people that can actually take these tools and say, wait a minute, hold on, I can express myself now. Like I had this idea in my head and now you can see it. And like that changes things. Like so many people are like stuck between this labor of creation where it's like, oh, there's something in my head. And you've probably felt it like there's, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we, and we've been like, we've, we've, we've benefited from that sort of like, you know, autocomplete. Like we didn't always have Pinterest to make mood boards. Right, right, right. You see what I mean? And it's like, that part it's like well no this is just another way of you know creating good output like part of it you know that process it always happens i just think now we have a, a, a new way of doing it and if you love the way old way of doing it you're going to be upset yeah so what is it that has got people who like our inventors of ai so worried is it that they're worried about jobs are they worried that the ai it's is the going next to get... step of it it's the yeah, next yeah. step of it it's when ai starts making ai that starts making ai that starts doing right, ai right. that starts thinking of stuff that we ain't even think about and then it's like all right hold on wait a minute we ain't think about this that part and understanding like what that means and you know i don't have those answers what i would say is like we still are always like I have a, uh, I tell, like, you have to be comfortable with competition in any marketplace, economy, civilization, whatever. You have to be comfortable with competition. And I think um, these AIs have a crazy, crazy, like, yeah. you know. So it's like you have to you have to be able to keep up with it, and I think now we we can still keep our pace with AI. I don't know where it's going to go then around the corner, but I do know that like we're still people at the end of the day. And like we, what we want and what, you know, fills us is still going to have, a, there's always going to be a market for that. I, I don't, I don't know exactly who's going to be the makers of it. Uh, I think people are always going to, you know, it's up to us at the end of the day. I don't yeah. think it's going to be some AI that's making choices for us. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do, but I do think that, the way that you described it, you have to be comfortable with competition. And I also think about like, we've always had major technological iterations. I mean, major technological mm -hmm. iterations, you know, when we went from, you know, file cabinets and offices and, you know, the huge data mm -hmm. storage facilities to mm -hmm. having laptops to having everything on our phone. We've always gone through major technological um, transformations. And so this is another one. And we've always been afraid of them, right? Mm -hmm. We're always afraid of a major transformation at the beginning of it. Um, and so, again, this is probably something that we'll get used to. And it's part of our evolutionary or kind of transformational process. But it is intimidating to it's think in about incredibly. it. It's intimidating. Incredibly. I don't know what to tell kids. It's just like, you got to, hey, do you know how to type a sentence? And really, it's just like thinking about like, you know, on Twitter, there's great threads about how to talk to AI. And I had a buddy call me the other day. He's like, hey, man, I'm about to release this song. You know, I'm looking for like a rollout plan. And like, you know, can I send you my rollout plan? And like, what do you think? And, you know, how can I? Then I'm like, listen, man, whatever your notes are, you need to copy and paste them into your favorite AI program and ask the AI, improve this and recommend things that I didn't consider. Love it. And it could fix your plan for you. What, you know, and it's like, it could help you with ideation if you just thought about, he's like, yo, I never thought about asking it yeah, yeah. to improve my idea or like, you know, like stuff like that. And it's like some 12 year old is going to think about that. Yeah, yeah. They're probably already thinking about They're already about thinking that. about it. You know what I mean? Like they could write yeah. a better script for the this entire, I'm not saying that you guys don't have an amazing script for what Culture Road Podcast is, but the point is, is like somebody could come through and be like, hey, here's your next three seasons. Yeah, yeah. 
with enough preparation. And it's like... Oh, noted. Can we just jot that down? Somebody... <laughs> Yo, man, listen, somebody, yeah. I forget who it was. It was some some conversation where somebody lost their job around, there used to be a podcast note taker. I think I saw this on Twitter, podcast note taker. And they, the AI lost their, you know, nobody, the AI yeah. can do that, right? Yeah. Like you can, you know, do that. So, But it's forcing us. It's forcing us to like dig deep into ourselves. And it also is, you know, it, there's parts of me that thinks I don't want us to lose our kind of muscle around certain things that are really important for us to have strength around. But part of that is just kind of the process anyway, you yeah. know, where people used to write, when I was young, we used to write cursive. I, sh I wrote something in cursive the other day and people were like, what is that? I, I was like, they were like, I've never seen that before in my life. I'm like, you've never seen cursive <laughs> ever. Yeah. And then on and on and on. And it's the same kind of developmental process. But we, but, but when I look at my son who does not write cursive, he has strength, just native, like just kind of born, right? It, it, it's part of his entire life that are totally different than things that yeah. I have strengths in and things that are definitely going to set him up for the next generation of success. What are some of the things around AI that you're working on? I know that you and um, Timberland mm. have been working on some really cool AI things. Anything the other you day we share? broke the internet a little bit. Did oh, you see it? Yes. Yeah, we did. Um, we had this, um, Tim and I are working on this um, concept and we're calling it a, a personal art piece because I think it's, it's the best way to approach it today. Right, because you can't really put out some of these things out for, uh, you know, uh, official consumption. But we had this. Uh, Tim has never made a song. He never got the opportunity to, to make a song uh, with Biggie. And here, and more, and you know, to add on to that point, he never got a chance to hear what Biggie sounds like, or Biggie tone what it sounds like on his music. Mm. And, you know, it had always been something he had expressed to me long before AI voices and what that um, is doing today. But one day, you know, following up on this idea that he had in his head and just that, that expressing that to me, he walked in the studio a couple of days ago and I had it and I had it. And it was one of these like happy accidents and I played it and he went crazy. Uh. He was like, yo, this could go. <laughs> yo play that again and that's how i know like it, it was it was super dope and it was it was just one of those things and so you know in the ai world right now we're, we're really kind of testing the electric fence because there is an electric fence around artists and expression we talked about yeah, and yeah. like you know the, the main one is like okay you know whose authority is it for to, who, who who can give authority for the artist uh, to be expressed, to express himself, right? Like if you take somebody's likeness and just produce unauthorized copies of it, you know, that can, the idea is dilute this person's, uh, you know, uh, right to express themselves. Right, right. Right. And that's really the main thing. And so that's kind of what the electric fence is made of. But, you know, the, the, the concept, the reason why I call it like an art piece is because Tim was able to hear what a Biggie sound, what Biggie would sound like over his music and it was just a personal revelation that we were able to share in a public way and you know it was it was something that just fit and you know what it really turned out what it really became it was a conversation around well well what is this right because we're on the the heels of the weekend and the drake song where somebody just came out and you know misappropriated the tones of right, two right. artists, right? And right. it was this big, like, how dare you, right? You know, do that. But in the situation with Tim and the Biggie uh, uh, clone voice is that, you know, Tim is notable by his own means, 
right? And so it's not just stealing a Biggie voice. You're here already because it's a Tim. Right, right. And now you get to hear another, you know. Uh, another version. Of right. Song, and, yeah. and so it brings you to the table to say, okay, well, do I like this? What does this sound like? How does this make me feel? Is this a crime against somebody, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things are now the conversation instead of throw that out of here, get that. There's a lot of that too. Like a lot of like people are anti-AI voices, but I'll honestly like knowing the process, like it's really just like a filter. It's really just like auto-tune, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of people are looking at it like it's a robot becoming biggie. It's like, no, they're not becoming, like it's just, it's honestly, it's my talking voice with a filter on it. Right. Right. And it's really to just give a idea. And, you know, I don't know if it could ever be released for, 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 for official consumption, but the, 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 it's really just touching the forefront of like, okay, well it's out. Yeah. We don't have a choice guys. We can sit here and put red tape and believe in this electric fence, but it's, it's already here. So we got to get with it or we're going to get left behind. I love it though. But somebody like me who like grew up on rap and like loves love, like, to be able to imagine those voices together and mm-hmm. to be able to imagine what a collaboration would sound like and to be able to do that across different genres and different voices. And I mean, and we've done certain things like that kind of in the past, mm-hmm. right? We've had those kinds of things. They may not have been um, AI voices or, or clone voices, but they're we've been able to have appreciation for those cross-generational or collaborative experiences. It's cool. And some people have taken Biggie's actual voice and made terrible mixes. Exactly. So I'm like, hey, listen, it's... Which one is the worst attraction? Yeah, but but, but the other side of it too is like, you know, um, is one way of looking at it, I look at it as like, Bad Boy invented the remix, right? So it's like, Hey, there's a new way of remixing, and if we it. want to talk about it, we can talk about it's it. Like an ode to Bad Boy, I love it. But it's but here's the other side of it too: is like you know, with Tim and Swiss when they did verses, they had this thing called the verses effect. When you had right. these two icons go head to head on screen and it creates this digital uh, sensation, it resulted in higher streams for these catalogs that they would just be revived and you would see them revived back to the top of the or you know somewhere on the charts. Hey, people are thinking about these artists. Right, right, right. And so I'm going to be honest with you. Like after I heard that Biggie clone voice we did, I listen, I couldn't stop listening to Biggie all week. I was listening to Biggie riding around in the car. And I'm like, yo, I'm listening. The copies made the the original worth yes, more yes, yes. in a way. I, agree. I totally can understand that. And Versus is a great example of me being like, oh, I love them. And the next thing you know, I'm like deep into the pool, re-listening to all of these things that I've loved for a long time, but this dropped, dropped off my radar. It's a great example. So it's like, you know, there was articles on Rolling Stone, Complex, uh, TMZ, uh, you know, you name it. All these guys talked about that moment. I'm like, hey man, people are think, thinking of Biggie. Like, I want to see what the, what the nuts, what's the streaming numbers do? Like, what is that doing right now? Like, how does this affect it? Like, we don't know. And so that's part of Tim's genes. He's like, hey, man, like you, we just don't know, but it's here now. Yeah. You remember Death of Auto-Tune, right? How'd that go over? Right, right. All right. right. So like, <laughs> what are we doing? It didn't replace singers. Yep. Like we thought it would. So it's like, what is this going to be? Like, we don't know. So let's just throw it at the electric fence. What's, what? Don't press what button? This button? That, that button. Ah. I, I love it, though. I feel like that's a true creative spirit. There's so many times people are so worried about this or that, but I feel like that's the definition of a true creative and inventor, right? To push, push, push. That's how we grow. Mm. And and for you to to kind of model that, like, it's not just bravery. It is bravery when you have a feeling that people might not get it or there may be some backlash, but more importantly, we got to go. We got to try it. Yeah. I think there needs to be rules around how and who gets to do it, but you know, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. None of us know where it's going to yeah. go. And the and the rules are going to have to be 
revised over time because the world is changing and the technology is changing and you know all that we have available to yeah. us. Hmm. So so the the last question I want to ask you is a little bit about kind of your um, other venture, mm -hmm. uh, Light Energy Lab. So Light Energy, yeah, Light Energy is actually the um, is the powerhouse behind um, a lot of these engagement opportunities that we've had with Tim over the years. So Tim and I co-founded Light Energy Labs a little bit, uh, I think a little late last year, but officially, um, Light Energy is a it's a game gaming company, and specifically around live stream gaming, with a very special focus on music games. Nice. And you know, we're dedicated. Our mission is to you know redefine the relationship between artists and their audiences and create tools that empower their audiences mm. and that relationship. And so every day we're on a mission to redefine that relationship. And we do, we've done it with, um, you know, ways like we developed this app, this app called the Beatbox. It was like an app, it was like a Tinder for beats. And that's how we ran the whole live show uh, where we were just looking for the hottest producers around the world. And that was a tool that helped us redefine the relationship that an artist had, or the audience had with a Timbaland. Hey, exactly. here's how I can get my music, so on and so forth. And so Light Energy, uh, you know, the whole tagline, we work with stars to unleash the power of digital communities. And so we're using that digital screen, the thing that's powered by, you know, um, light, quote unquote, right? But like at the end of the day, working with stars to unleash the power of digital communities. That's the whole tagline. So we're making tools to do that. Tinder for beats. Perfect. Yeah, that was the beatbox. Yeah, it was a Tinder for beats. Yo, listen, we had it. I had we had we were swiping left and right on them good and bad beats. It was good. Everybody got it, right? And yeah, so that whole that whole thing. And so uh, you know, me and Tim's vision for it is really to um is really to be at the forefront of this intersection between, you know, live streaming, music, gaming, and, you know, what ownership looks like and, and digital communities and how you can, yeah. you know, put a, a circle around it and make like a, like a Timbaland, like a, like a, you know, if you were playing, if Timbaland made his own SimCity game, um, are you working with other like artists to do this? Are there? I'm, ass I'm assuming that there's like other people. Yeah. Collaborating oh my god. With, there's like some geniuses. Oh my god. There's some geniuses that um, that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work with because and and just even come to know people. Just our our team that we're building behind it, and so people that come from software engineering, UI UX, um, game development on Unity, Unreal Engine, um, blockchain, Solidity devs. Um, you know really remarkable people that are coming together to build what this, you know, we call it like a, a monument to creative people. So like, you know, whatever the, the audience, the community that we've come to know over the last few years, um, you know, building that ecosystem of ways to engage with somebody like a Tim yep. and then, you know, building that and taking that template and saying, okay, you know, um, other artists and audiences and, 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 you know, bringing those tools to, to those uh, other relationships in different ways. Um, you know, you can, I don't want to tease a lot of the ideas, but, um, one of the things that I, you know, it's so interesting talking to you because I started off talking about how the work that we do is so different. And the more I listen, the more I feel like it's really familiar. Hmm. And I, I know you have a whole different set of skills. No, There's no, no question no, cool. about it, but yeah. a lot of what you're talking about is like, and I think you even talked about it some when you were describing a little bit about your passions, you know, being, you know, the creativity and the technology and caring about people. And a lot of that are the same kinds of skills that a lot of people have now. And a lot of like our clients, people who come to me or who I work with are either those people themselves or they're people who are employing mm. those people. And they're constantly looking for like, what are some of the tips and techniques associated with helping people feel 
like they're thriving in their workplace, like the work that they do is meaningful, like they have a sense of community and a sense of belonging. And it sounds to me like some of those things are also things that you constantly have to be thinking about with the group of people you're coming with who come from different kinds of backgrounds and experiences, but you need to create a cohesive experience. What is it that, that you do in order to help facilitate that it, sense of community and thriving. It is 1,000 percent in energy, and I say that um, without any puns. But like, you know, it comes from. I think honestly, I, I mentioned earlier as a kid being a part of a creative team, yep, and seeing what that can do and how the different parts come together to form this bigger yep. solution to a problem. And I've I've, I've always believed in that because I've seen it work before, so I know how to. How, what it feels like to be in it and when you're not in that energy. Yep. It's like, okay, hey, listen, we don't have that synergy. Like we're missing like four people right now. Mm. There's four imaginary people that would be, you know, turning an ax right now or turning a wrench right now and getting, you know, it takes activation energy. Um, so I, I think one, just knowing what that feels like, mm. um, but then also understanding, I had to realize that uh, in my solo journey to then, um, you know, work with teams and like, build teams and then a company uh, alongside somebody like a Tim. It's just like it, you, sometimes you got to get away, get out of the way of the magic. Mm. You know what I mean? And like understand that everybody has a zone of genius. And, you know, uh, my zone of genius is that I've been practicing in is keeping everybody else in their zone of genius. Love it. Great you know what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. it's like, hey, you know, you do this, you're really good at this and you're really good at this yep. and that part. And then and also just being a battery for it. Like that's another part of it. It's like just giving somebody like, hey, like, you know, you did this, you got this, you know, I, you know, thank you for working hard and like spotlighting some, what somebody's been doing and like, I don't know, get one-on-one -on -one time. Like, I don't, it, 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 there, there's a lot of ways that, that goes into the back end. Great, yeah. taking great advice, having great people that give you advice. Yeah, all those things. I think those are all those are all fantastic quote like things that I'm going to specifically remember to tell all of my oh. clients when we're talking about leadership and management because it's the exact same thing, right? Creating a a space where there's amazing energy, getting out of the way of magic. I am totally going to use that over and mm. over with attribution. Oh, thank it's you. amazing. And you got to you got to take the darts for your peoples, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got to take a lot of risks and a lot of heat so that they don't got to take that heat. And deal with those risks. And that's the other part of it is like, you got to know how to take that heat. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of pressure, but it's important. Like that's the, that's the leadership role. Well, yeah. yeah. If it don't work, it's you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Y'all are good. <laughs> Y'all are good. I'm in the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm, I feel like I have, I walked into this conversation knowing that I was going to learn a lot and excited about it. And now we're winding down thinking, yeah. I'm so grateful that I had this conversation with I you. Hope I so. learned so I hope much. So. I hope okay. So. The last thing I'm going to ask ahead, you before we're please. done. Um, okay. We've been asking everybody this. Okay. If this is going to be easy for you, I bet. If you could tell us the soundtrack of your life right now, the one song that you're just really vibing with right now in your life, what, what is it and why? Don't do that. We do that on Timbo Idol. You funny. You got to watch the show. We do that. So no pressure. Funny. No pressure. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to go. It, this is a song that has been the anthem. Um, and it's a song called Vienna. Um, oh, my God. Don't quote me. I just remember the song name. The, 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 
the, the person who makes it, Billy Joel, thank you. Uh, other me. Um, Billy Joel, <laughs> Vienna. Uh, it's a song that I found um, by accident. And it's just a song that, you know, it's about wanting to be somewhere and have a place that's calling your name. Mm. And, you know, the, the whole message of the song is that that place is calling your name too. And mm. like, it's waiting for you. And mm. so it's like one of those mantras that I kind of go back to and it kind of keeps me in a place of Zen. Like, all right, that this thing you're imagining in your life um, this thing you're imagining in your life is imagining you too. Mm. And so Vienna and the song by Billy Joel, you know, Vienna, he wants to go to Vienna and, yeah. you know, Vienna's waiting for him. And so that's, I love it. To, it kind of, un, and it, un, un, you know, I have a lot of anxiousness and I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm young and like, you know, we want to be there already. Right. Yeah, and we yeah, gotta, yeah. we don't know what time is and we just think <laughs> it's supposed to be tomorrow. And why am I not there yet? And all of that. Yeah. Vienna is the answer to that feeling because it's like, Hey, relax, bro. This is the journey. It also, it's waiting for you. So like, anyway. And it's calling you too. That's the good part too. <clears throat> it's not just, it's not just you like trying to force something that isn't already got your name on it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy you didn't start with that one. That's an emotional song. Oof. Anyway. I, I, can't, I actually don't even know the song. I probably have heard it, but I'm definitely going to have that one stuck in my head. I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Late Night Drive by the Water. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah now, now, I'm not, now I can just imagine. Yeah. 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 You just, <laughs> no. But I know. I know what it's like to be long, young and anxious. I know what it's like to be not so young and anxious. I understand that, you know, we're, you, I you know, what's that, that creative too. energy? Oh, my creative God. energy. <laughs> Okay, no, no tears today. <laughs> Listen, I just went down this list yesterday. I was calling everybody to ask them what their sad song is. You got a sad song? What's your sad song? What's your, what's your sad girl song? Okay. Um, I don't know if it all the time, but um, I think the saddest one is probably Dance With My Father. Oh, that's a go-to. Oh, my God. No, oh. no. Yeah. My, I lost oh. my father almost a year ago oh. right now. And... and we used to sing it. We used to sing it even when we were together. I can't believe it. Mm. So, yeah, you got me with that one. Mm. Everybody got their songs, yeah. man. We got to make a master play. Do you I know, know another, another one? You know another one that's oh. really good? Just without now. now. Um, Prince, Another Lonely Christmas. Jeez, you really got that. That'll really make oh. you cry, won't it? Like that, you, oh. you can't help but cry. You can't. You can't. Can't help. Okay, now we're going to end this yeah, amazing conversation, conversation with tears in our eyes, but like love in our yeah. heart. And like a ton of just gratitude for, I think, recentering for me some of the importance of being able to kind of separate out like where my creative and visionary like headspace is and energy is as opposed to like all of the stuff that we can easily get caught up in as far as the world remembering what it takes to be an amazing leader, mm. including getting out of the way and letting the magic happen, but also standing up for, you know, our people. Um, and and also just that that desire to like make something happen, just you know make it happen and bring the bring the space together mm. that that we want to flourish in. I really appreciate this hey, time man. with you, Zay. Yeah, it's been thank amazing. You. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I can't wait. To, we got to have a do undo another one of these. Done. 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 <laughs> After the AI aftermath. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I and wait good luck that. with everything. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Good luck with everything. <laughs> Cheers. Okay.